Welcome to Talking Agility, a podcast from Accenture. Your host is Elitsa Necheva. When we think of agility leaders in financial services, ING is front of mind. In 2015, the Global Bank undertook a massive journey to reconfigure the business when Ralph Hammers took over the helm of ING with its Think Forward strategy. They knew they needed to do more than just adopt some agile practices in select teams. They needed to become fully agile across the whole enterprise if they had to execute the strategy. They looked not to other financial institutions, but to the world's leading digital companies like Spotify, like Amazon, like Google, who are already operating in an agile way. And they took the leap. ING recently topped Forbes' list of the world's best banks in a study that measured customer satisfaction among 40,000 respondents. In the world of agile business transformation, ING is certainly a success story. My guest today is Subhash Chandra Jose, who is the head of change management for ING in the model bank countries in South and Central Europe. Subhash joins me from his office in Madrid today. Welcome to Talking Agility. It is a real pleasure having you today. Thank you so much, Ellie. Thank you for having me here. Absolute pleasure. Um, I would like to kick off by asking you my first question, which is around the fact that ING undertook a massive organizational uh, transformation based on those uh, digital innovator companies like Spotify, Netflix, and Google. So what triggered this transformation at such a scale? At ING, you know, we are uh, largely, we were a largely uh, decentralized bank. Back in 2010, 2010, 12, you know, there was a lot of uh, thoughts in different entities, in different business units about how do we transform our our business uh, more faster, more efficient, and uh, we uh, embraced the Agile journey uh, pretty much independently in 2012. So in uh, ING Spain, you know, we started with our own Agile transformation. Similarly, in ING Netherlands, we started with Agile transformation pretty much independently. So it all... uh, was happening uh, in different parts of the world uh, in 2011, 2012. And in 2014, uh, Ralph Hammers uh, took over as the CEO of ING, and he put it in forward, uh, what we call as the Think Forward strategy. The Think Forward strategy uh, means that we wanted to deliver our customers with a unique promise. And the promise is that we said we will provide banking which is clear and easy we will empower our customers we will be uh, anytime and anywhere for our customers and we will be uh, keep getting better each and every time so so we had this uh, this this strategy and this was basically a very high level strategy and you know and we knew that this promise could not be delivered by uh, just just being agile but we wanted to be truly agile in our thinking, in our actions, in our delivery, in exactly the same way in all across the globe. So that is when, you know, we also initiated the agile transformation across the globe uh, in 2014, 2015. Uh, we uh, started rolling it out as uh, uh, in, a, in a one agile way of working across uh, all the world starting with the Netherlands, then, you know, rolling it out into other, other countries, 
then in 2016, you know, uh, Ralph said, okay, I have this strategy. I need to take it to a different level. So he had the accelerate think forward strategy. And this accelerate think forward strategy, you know, uh, had in its heart mm-hmm. what we call as uh, platform banking. So what Ralph said, and as a bank, what we said is that we are essentially a technology company with a banking license, right? And we felt that, you know, we were already doing a lot of innovation. We had a very strong balance sheet. We had a very successful uh, business. Uh, we had one of the very profitable uh, businesses in, in, in our peers. Uh, you know, so we said we are not more competing with our, our peers, but we want to basically compete with the platforms of the world, like like uh, the Amazon or the Uber or the Google. Uh, and uh, you know, so how can we actually compete with them? And there we designed our platform strategy and uh, to have to be a platform, then it became even more relevant that we had to be truly be agile. You mentioned already about, you know, Spotify and uh, some of these uh, technology companies. Uh, In fact, our agile model is inspired from the Spotify model. So we've been in Spotify many times and uh, we've got inspired from spotify and we have kind of uh, you know adapted the the spotify model to an ing is a agile way of working so we also work in in a similar in a similar way but it's not just coming from the mission to be agile but it's actually coming from the mission to deliver a promise to our customers and i think um, those technological companies they quoted uh, spotify netflix amazon they're important source of inspiration on the, the new level of servicing clients and enhancing responsiveness to those clients in a world where customer expectations are really really high and also the pace of change is really fast what is ing's agile structure subash you mentioned um that you were originally inspired by Spotify. So I'll be interested to understand how ING is able to manage a massive business change with its think forward strategy using agile methodologies. The basic element of our agile structure is a squad. In the squad, we have a product owner and uh, we uh, the product owner is, is not just a position, it is actually a role, right? So what we have is basically uh, customer journey experts. So there are people who really think about how the journey of a customer uh, or, a, or an internal agent or an operations uh, uh, person is going to be, and they design their journeys. And uh, we also have uh, within the same squads, uh, developers or engineers who are very good in their uh, uh, respective uh, development methodologies. You know these guys work together uh, when in in a squad, and the squad is uh, led by a product owner. Uh, but the product owner is actually managing the product. The product owner is not the manager of the squad. I mean that is basically the main um, uh, difference that we have. So it is a self-organizing team, and uh, we uh, also uh, have a group of squads uh, who are working for one single purpose. Uh, for example, if if we if I have uh, a group of uh, squads, uh, a number of squads who are working, let's say for uh, consumer lending, which is one of our product line, then consumer uh, lending uh, in itself uh, becomes a tribe uh, with multiple uh, squads working for consumer lending, and the consumer lending tribe has a, a tribe lead who is basically the person responsible for the PNL. Uh, 
uh, of uh, uh, consumer lending and uh, the squads uh, uh, all roll up into the into the tribe lead and uh, horizontally we have uh, chapters different chapters this is also again a, i mean uh, a standard model where we have uh, you know different uh, you know customer journey experts so that is basically our uh, uh, model so we also have what we call a center of expertise you know uh, centers of expertise who uh, support who are cross functional uh, teams who are uh, you know uh, who has a very unique skill in working with an agile organization in an agile tribes across multiple countries where we can actually roll out this change in a very agile uh, uh, manner so these coes also works in sprints they also uh, have ceremonies which are very similar to the rest of the uh, of the tribes and uh, these uh, coes or the center of expertise uh, teams are uh, you know highly uh, uh, agile uh, teams who can roll out this transformation itself uh, in different uh, business units different markets different locations in a very uh, swift manner our agile organization our agile product delivery organization are uh, are like uh, you know a defense unit of a country right so uh, let's say we have the army we have the air force and we have the navy right we have for us, agility means that our army, our navy, and our air force are all able to work together cohesively as one unit, right? In at scale, so there is an agile unit which is working at at scale, uh, in a scale agile manner. So that is basically our basic agile structure. But agile change management is more for us more like a special forces unit. Uh, let me say the example of uh, and Navy SEALs. And Navy SEALs are coming from the Navy, right? But they are like ZEAL is standing for they can uh, fight in the sea, they can fight in the air, they can fight in the land. So these uh, COEs or these uh, Agile Change Management Units are like the Navy SEALs. They might be coming from the from the Navy, but they are coming. They are working as uh, a special forces unit uh, where they can uh, talk, uh, you know, uh, business. They can uh, work uh, on technology. They can work on operations, and uh, and they can deploy these changes in the in the countries. This is Talking Agility. Send us your feedback at Accenture.com forward slash Talking Agility. I love that analogy. Um, it makes complete sense, uh, to be honest, and um, yeah, really powerful one to really visualize how you're organized. And that really nicely links up to my next question, which is around the challenge of scaling a complex program uh, with this discipline. So how are you able to avoid the typical pitfalls which derail an agile transformation process and how were you able to stay on course? Yes, uh, I think this was a, a question that you know we spent ages discussing uh, within ING uh, because uh, you know typically when uh, uh, people talk about agile, you know it is about you know short sprints, uh, having more flexibility, uh, giving away you know your long-term detailed plans and you know design documents and you know so those uh, uh, typical uh, you know uh, discussions around agile. And then, uh, and at the end, and the other side, you know, you have a strategy, you have a, uh, a roadmap. You want to know as an organization what you want to deliver to the customers. So uh, again, you know, this is actually also a kind of a myth that you know you cannot manage a, 
a roadmap uh, or a business strategy in Agile. So we discussed a lot about it and, you know, we uh, came up with a roadmap as a company uh, across all our different transformation programs, across all our different, uh, uh, you know, programs and change initiatives that we have across all the countries. And we built an integrated roadmap. And then uh, we split this roadmap into 90-day cycles, like every quarter. And we give, uh, we and we are continuously adapting this roadmap. But at the same time, we also have a very strong governance uh, with uh, with our central global transformation office. We have a global transformation office, uh, you know, uh, orchestrating all the different transformation programs, working all completely in agile. But the global transformation office also works in agile so you know we have what we call as a quarterly business review so a quarterly business review is a is a ceremony within our agile framework where the tribes uh, come together to see how uh, we are staying on course uh, versus the roadmap versus what uh, the agile mm-hmm. self-empowered teams and the self-organizing teams are delivering and obviously I, I need to be very honest that you know not always we we find it uh, uh, you know, find that, you know, we have delivered that what we wanted to deliver. Sometimes we deliver more, sometimes we deliver uh, less, but we make it very transparent. We make it very transparent and we try to see what is, we try to see, okay, what is a, that we need to adapt every quarter, right? And then we adapt our, our roadmap. There are certain situations uh, where we need to basically, you know, reinforce uh, the, our uh, our deliveries in, in the Agile uh, teams. Uh, certain uh, many other times, you know, it is uh, it might be more uh, how we manage uh, dependencies. So we have a strong framework to manage uh, the dependencies uh, within the agile methodology, and these quarterly reviews helps us a lot to stay on on course. So one of the things that we have also done as a part of our agile transformation is that we don't have managers anymore. All right, we simply don't have managers in any of our job descriptions. We only have leaders, right? And uh, sometimes, you know, uh, and, and the leader uh, doesn't mean that, you know, you, uh, is, is that you are actually, uh, you know, uh, managing people. And, you know, that is not the case. The leader is a person who is, you know, guiding uh, uh, the, the team, the squad. Uh, and and that, is, that is always driven by uh, uh, a purpose, right? So anybody can be a leader. So that is kind of the, the message. And I'm, I'm very glad to tell that, you know, uh, it percolates right from the topmost level, uh, right from the board level. So, for example, you know, in ING, it is not uncommon for you to see, uh, uh, you know, CEO Ralph Hammers or a board member, you know, sitting uh, with a developer in a, in a meeting room. And, you know, you can have always have a conversation uh, at, any, at any level. So that open conversations and that, you know, are there and there is no need of, uh, uh, you know, a lot of hierarchy and uh, bureaucracy. But at the same time, you, you need to ensure, you need to know that uh, a CEO or, uh, you know, uh, any 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 uh, senior leader uh, will not dare to tell uh, a developer or a, a product owner, you know, I want this, you need to do this because it is against agile principles. So we only tell this is what is our strategy. This is what you, how you reach there is something for the squad to define. So um, that is, I think, uh, our culture. Uh, as ING has helped us a lot in uh, uh, in our agile transformation, as well as the transformation that we are doing to uh, embrace the model bank and uh, the programs that I was talking about.
and culture, vision and leadership are things that were fundamental um, as well into, um, if I bring our listeners back to our uh, second episode of the podcast, where we spoke with Eva Sage Gavin, it was something that she stressed uh, a number of times of the importance and how vision and leadership um, established that culture of uh, transparency, which then leads to, um, of course, having being able to establish enterprise agility. But speaking of transparency, ING has been very transparent about its transformation and uh, not, there aren't that many banks uh, which share YouTube videos about their operating models. So what I was curious, why did you choose to be so public about it? Again, you know, it is, uh, it is very uh, inherent in ING's culture, you know, so um, I think we uh, are very honest and, uh, and transparent. And, you know, if there is one thing that we care the most is about our integrity. Uh, so um, uh, what are we doing? Uh, you know, we uh, we are pretty black and white, and I think it's also to do with a little bit about the with the with the Dutch culture. And ING has, uh, you know, its roots in the Netherlands, uh, where you know people are very uh, straightforward and a bit blunt about you know what they think and they speak out. And I think that has percolated in all our our uh, uh, you know business unit across the world. Uh, we believe uh, that, you know, uh, people, uh, we should be very honest and transparent about what we are doing. Also, it gives us accountability in that in that way. But uh, I think that also gives us a huge responsibility, again, which is another part of our orange code. Uh, when I'm, I'm, I'm public about it, you know, then I'm also bound uh, by uh, the commitment to deliver that. And I think we have all as an organization right from uh, our board uh, to all our you know to our squads and tribes and all our you know the leadership teams you know we have all uh, put our skin in this uh, in this commitment that we have given to our customers that uh, we will be uh, improving ourselves we will be a, a better uh, you know platform we will be a better bank we will be uh, empowering our customers etc the, the promises I mentioned. And that is all about uh, this, uh, this, uh, this transparency. And you know, and uh, we are very, very, also very internally very critical about uh, uh, you know each and everything that we made, that we we talk about, uh, that we want things to be very uh, uh, to be the same internally and externally. So we don't have two different standards uh, that you see outside is exactly what you will see inside ING as well. Yeah, so I really like uh, what you said about having skin in the game and, and transparency and what leads to that. We are running out of time, but is there anything else you would like to add briefly about ING's agile transformation in our final minute together, Subash? Uh, agility uh, has a lot more things to do uh, than just IT or you know transformations. I think it is more about a culture. Uh, if I have a piece of advice for other financial services industries, uh, you know, to going agile, I would say that first, before going to agile transformation, try seeing the principles that agility or agile stands for and ensure that your culture is first transforming into those, uh, is, is resonating the principles of agile. Uh, otherwise, it will be hard for you to be succeed, successful. Thank you very much. That is a great final message to our listeners that the key is not just in finding the methodology and following the principles, but also in, in the culture and uh, um, understanding how the culture fits with all of that. So thank you very much, Subhash, for your time and for sharing your insights. Thank you so much, Alitza. It's a pleasure. 
If you are enjoying Talking Agility, please subscribe to the podcast. We are now on Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes and Google Play. Your ratings and comments help us reach more listeners, so please don't be shy with your feedback. You can also find me on Twitter if you'd wanted to ask a question or retweet or comment on the podcast. I'm Elise Nacheva, your host, and I'll speak to you next time on Talking Agility.